What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, weekend preview for college football. Let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Top Notch Odds, great online sports book. TopNotchOdds.com. Put in promo code SHARPEDGE for any deposit. Get up to 200% of a deposit bonus with uh, some of the best rollovers you can find. TopNotchOdds.com. All right, so every single Wednesday, we do a college football preview. I play back a portion of College Football Weekly. It's a show that I'm on with uh, Will Chambers, so let's waste no more time. Get into that right now. So Louisville, Miami, yeah, not a lot of recent history to go off. They're both ACC teams, but they haven't played a lot. Louisville has won the last three against Miami, but they haven't played since 2014. They're in different divisions in the ACC, so they don't face each other very much. Uh, One other interesting note here, Miami starting safety, Bubba Bolden, he's out for the season after, I don't know if you saw this, Tyler, uh, he was celebrating an interception in last week's game against Florida State and went to do a jump a jump and like bump chest with a teammate and he hurt his ankle. He's out for the year. Oh my celebrating God. That sounds a, like something I would do. That's a tough one. Yeah. That, <laughs> sounds like something I would do too. You and I would hurt each other celebrating, no doubt. But So Bubba Bolden out for the season and that's tough because the strength of this Miami team is the defense. They're only allowing 290 yards per game, 18 points per game. So their defense is their strength, and their offense has really struggled. It's kind of been up and down. They don't have any depth at quarterback. Jaron Williams, the uh, redshirt freshman, he's back. But Nikosi Perry, who's played a lot too, he's questionable. Tate Martell, who is the third-string quarterback, uh, who also played some wide receiver, he's out with an unknown injury. He's questionable. To me, this Miami team is just erratic. I mean, look at they've lost to Florida, to North Carolina. They lost to a bad Virginia Tech team. They lost to Georgia Tech for Christ's sake. Uh, then you look at their wins. They beat Virginia, a pretty solid team. They won on the road at Pitt, a tough team. And then they beat Florida State. So this Miami team is erratic. And then you look at Louisville. They're currently playing their best football. They beat Virginia uh, last week as an underdog. They played well against Clemson despite the score. It was, a, it was a, a competitive game for the first half. And Clemson, obviously, a much better team. But they played pretty well against them, all things considered. And they're coming off a bye week. They've had extra time to prep for Miami. I like their quarterback, Malik Cunningham. Uh, Javion Hawkins is the running back. They're a really great backfield duo. I love their coach, Scott Satterfield. He's got the clear coaching advantage over Manny Diaz. But Manny Diaz also has the clear talent advantage over Louisville. So this one's interesting. You look at uh, some ratings here. Football outsiders. They've got Miami about 10 spots higher than Louisville. I think you see strength versus strength. The Louisville offense versus the Miami defense and weakness versus weakness. To me, it just comes down to can Louisville score on the Miami defense. I think if they score 30, they win. They've struggled to reach that point against better defenses so far, but I think they're hitting their stride. I think they do it this week. Could be a letdown spot for Miami after the win against Florida State. I'm taking Louisville and the points on the road here. Give me Louisville. What's the spread? Six and a half, Miami favored by six and a half. Yeah, I'd buy the point and take Louisville to seven here. Everything points to Louisville for me. And I love the fact that Miami is rated a little bit higher on football outsiders because that means a lot of that sharp money. Look, a lot of those sharp guys, I know it. I hear it. I listen to them. I I, I, I talk to them. They go, what does what football outsiders say? For some reason, football outsiders, is I know they do a good job. Right. It's not the end-all, be-all. Since Louisville joined the ACC, they're 3-1 and one against Miami. They've never lost against the spread. And this year, Louisville is a much different team. What I always say is you got to go back and look at the stats. How did Louisville, for this example, 
How did, how has Louisville performed the last couple of years? Louisville's never been a great team. We never know them to have this amazing offense, great defense. So that's all kind of baked into the line here. And I still think Louisville's outperforming expectations this year. You start to match up Louisville and Miami. What have they done on the field? Okay, I think Louisville, you mentioned that they've kind of struggled to get things going. If they can get over 30, you like them. I agree with that. But the fact that they've rushed the ball for 136 a game, Miami's rushing it for 60 yards a game. And essentially, it's the same passing offense in terms of how much you'll see the ball. Each team, Louisville and Miami, throw the ball exactly 31.7 times a game. Wow. So that means they've had... point seven of a throw? I well, I, I think that they divide the total amount of passes by the games. You don't think it's like a little mini throw they Maybe do or something? Maybe it's a screen pass. They count as a half, <laughs> a half point. But they've thrown the ball the exact same amount of times this year. Louisville's completion percentage, 72.4. Miami's completion percentage... 58.2. Wow. I think Louisville's going to find a lot here opening up on offense. And especially, you mentioned the, the, the injuries to Miami's defense. I think that Louisville scores here on the road. I leaned over when I first started looking at this game because I do trust Miami at home. I kind of leaned with that football outsiders. Okay, they're a better team playing at home. But when it comes down to it, I don't trust both teams to get it going. I I would I would trust Louisville plus seven, whether this is a shootout or whether this is a defensive game. So I don't want to play the whole, well, what's the flow going to be over under? I'll take Louisville, buy the half point to get him to seven, and I think you're pretty comfortable there, plus a touchdown on the road. Give me Louisville. Okay, both on Louisville. Next up, Illinois at Michigan State. Michigan State, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I feel square. Fade Sparty. Fade them until they prove themselves worthy. They've burned me too many times this year. I'm done with them. <laughs> I'm fading them. You look at Michigan State, they're 4-4, four and four, very disappointing year. They've had an inability to run the ball. It's led to an offense that might be worse than last year's team. They're ranked 110th nationally in points per game, just 21 points per game. That's terrible. Lewerke, their quarterback, he hasn't been too bad, but he doesn't have any help from his offensive line and from his receivers. The defense that was supposed to be one of the best, the Michigan State defense, it was vaunted. They returned a ton of starters from last year. It has fallen outside the top 25 in, in defensive scoring. After get, and especially after giving up an average of more than 30 points per game over the last four. Now, to be fair, those games were against Indiana, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State, all good teams. But it still goes to show you that their defense hasn't lived up to expectations. They're having a tough year. You've got you know, stuff with Mark D'Antonio. Is he on the hot seat? Is he not? Whatever. So I, I, I feel like I really don't like this Michigan State team, but they do have a bye week to prepare for this Illinois team. And you look at Illinois. They're 5-4. and four. They're playing with confidence. Yeah. They've won three straight games, starting, of course, with the epic upset of Wisconsin three weeks ago. Then they've had strong performances against Purdue and Rutgers. The bye week for Michigan State does scare me a little bit, but the main factor here you should be considering is motivation. Michigan State, this horrible, disappointing season that at the beginning of the year started with Big Ten championship hopes. The job security questions are swirling around Mark D'Antonio. And now one of their best players on defense, senior linebacker Joe Bocci, he just got suspended for the remainder of the season for testing positive for PEDs. So what do they have to play for? You, then you look at Illinois. They're 5-4. and four. They haven't had a winning record this late into the season in a 1,000 years. And they're looking at this game against Michigan State as an I thought it was only 996 years. Yeah, you know what? You may be right there. Okay, uh, double check that def step. Definitely fact check yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> they're looking at this game against Michigan State as an opportunity to get bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. So whatever, you know, look, whatever home field advantage Michigan State has is greatly diminished. A lot of the fans aren't coming to the games anymore. You look uh, when they're on TV and half the stadium's empty. 
I don't know if Illinois can win this game, but I think they come in motivated and they keep it within a score. So give me Illinois here, plus 14 and a half. Yeah, this is a strange line. This is a total pass for me because I look at this game and I initially was like, I'm so square. I love Illinois because that that's just way too many points for Michigan State. And I haven't found anything to talk me off of it. But here's the thing is I have conflicting information here because Michigan State coming off the bye. They're a very good team off the bye. I think actually that there's some pressure now for D'Antoni to win, make a bowl. Don't let this season crumble. And on the other hand, Illinois playing their best football of the year and Illinois has their bye week next week. So their mentality is, look, guys, one big game. Give me one last effort. We can rest after we go on the road, take care of business against Michigan State. So that could very well be a sentiment for Illinois. Conflicting factors there. And Will, it's so difficult for me to ignore the first couple games of the season for Illinois. They lose to Eastern Michigan by three. They lose to Nebraska. They they almost lose to UConn. Yeah. So I know they're getting better, and I know that's what we talk about. All you can ask for Lovey Smith and this young team is to get better through the season. They've done that. But I can't ignore how bad they were to start the season. And then you go back. It, it, this is the thing. I keep ping-ponging, right? Because since then... Well, I don't love the loss to Nebraska, but they've beat or they they lost to number thirteen Minnesota. They lost to Michigan, who was a top fifteen team at the time. They lose to Wisconsin. And they were close. They they They, were they that Michigan game was actually close late in the fourth quarter. By the the way, closer than the score says. Uh, They beat Wisconsin, so they're playing very very good football right now. I just I just go okay. How much better can they have gotten from the beginning of the season to now? And. I mean, I don't know. It, just off the top of your head, if if these two teams or if Illinois, Michigan State played Week One. Oh, I think Michigan State would have been twenty eight or or twenty eight or more point favorites. Yeah, so that's that. So that's maybe a touchdown adjustment for each team, yeah, accumulating to about sure. fourteen total points, and that sounds about right to me. This game is a pass. Don't have a strong lean one way or the other. If I had to force a play, I would go Illinois team total over because this this right now shows me they're getting no respect in the marketplace. This offense can score points. Michigan State's defense, home or away, has shown to be more suspect this year than others. And again, Illinois is putting it together on offense. Their last four weeks offensively, 38, 24, 24, and 25. They can score points. So I see them coming out here with this over-under, this big of a spread. Illinois should have a fairly low team total. So that would be my best. It would be right around a touchdown. So really, you just need them to probably get to 10 points and they'd cover that. Exactly. So that would probably be my best way to attack this game, Uh, the team total there over for Illinois. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, look, I I like the – they're kind of getting into a groove. Lovey Smith has got them playing confident. Their quarterback – Brandon Peters, he was a Michigan transfer. He's come in, you know, he had some injury issues earlier in the year. He's looked pretty solid for them, and their defense just isn't. It's not terrible anymore. It's not good. It's not great. It might not even be good, but it's not terrible. And so I just think that when you talk, when you talk about fourteen and a half points, I think this Michigan State team is just dejected, and uh, I think I think Illinois honestly has a chance to win it, and I think they'll keep it close. This is a good example of what a. I know the book is out on Lovey Smith. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I wouldn't go as far as to even call him a uh, very good coach right now, but he obviously has a plan. The guy knows football. He's been around the NFL, college football for a long, long time. This is proof that if you stay with the system, if you keep getting a, if you get a group of guys who buy into a concept and buy into a philosophy, right. you can see teams completely pull a 180 during one football season. 
We've talked before about how, how short the season is. It's only 12 games, but it's really promising for a lot of programs out there to see Illinois. It gives promise to all the University of Colorado's out there, right? right. If you just stick with it and keep keep doing what the coach says and, and, and keep practicing every week, you're going to eventually become a good football team. We see it with Illinois, and uh, they're, they're playing very good right now. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll keep it in the Big Ten. Next game up. Two undefeated teams here. Penn State going on the road at Minnesota. They're both 8-0. Right now, Penn State, six-and-a-half-point road favorite. So Penn State, they're having maybe their best season under James Franklin. Uh, They've proven themselves in big games and in tough environments. They had a win at Iowa, tough place to play. They beat Michigan at home. Uh, They went on the road at Michigan State and won handily. Uh, Look, their offense... It hasn't exactly been the type to grind out long drives, but they've been really good at making big, explosive plays, chunk plays. And with Sean Clifford, KJ Hamler, and the bevy of talented running backs they have, they've found a way to, uh, you know, score 40 points per game. And that really complements their stellar defense very well. As the Nittany Lions, they've only given up 13 points or less, or excuse me, They've given up 13 points or less in all but one game. That one game was Michigan, where Michigan scored 21. So the defense has been great. Then you look at Minnesota. They are no doubt having their best season under P.J. Fleck and their best start to the season in decades. Uh, And it goes to show they just rewarded P.J. Fleck today with a new seven-year contract. So the the Gophers' defense, they did struggle early in the year, but over their last four games, they've only given up an average of 13 points per game, similar to that number that Penn State's doing this year. And you look at the stats. Statistically, these two teams are just so similar. Both teams are outgaining their opponents by about 145 yards per game. They're both giving up an average of right around 280 yards per game while putting up 420 on offense. They're both scoring 38 points per game. They're both stingy defenses. Uh, You know, Penn State's been a little bit better at keeping opposing teams out of the end zone, especially early in the year. They're giving up just nine points per game right now, uh, while Minnesota's season total is right around 20. But they are improving. But guess where they aren't similar? Strength of schedule. Minnesota hasn't played anybody yet. I mean, really, what's their best win? You look at their schedule. Their best win, is it Fresno State on the road? Is it Nebraska? Is it Illinois? I mean, none of the, none of the teams that, they, that they're uh, playing can even sniff the competition that Penn State has played so far. And the strength of schedule stats prove it. Sports reference. They have Penn State's strength of, strength of schedule at 35th in the nation, while Minnesota 102nd. Look, I like what the Gophers are doing. I'm all about row the boat. I like P.J. Fleck. I love their quarterback, Tanner Morgan. He, right, he's uh, completing 65% of his passes. He's got 18 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Rodney Smith is getting seven yards per carry on the ground. And they have a future NFL receiver in Tyler Johnson. He's got seven touchdowns. But Minnesota just hasn't been tested yet. And I think Penn State has a real chance to blow out Minnesota here. Both teams are coming off a bye. That is interesting to note. At that point, I think you give the advantage maybe a little bit to Minnesota just because they're at home. But I'm taking Penn State here. I think there's a real chance that Penn State blows them out. I do like Minnesota, but I think the Penn State is just that better, that much better of a team. And I think we'll see it on Saturday. I like uh, the Golden Gophers here. Oh, um, boy. But, Bet board? Well, but here's my thing. I have seven as my price. What do you have your price at? I saw six and a half, but I mean, I'm sure it's seven all over the place. If, I, we, I, if we can do seven, yeah, th- let's th- do it. then we'll make it a bet board. Okay. Um, you're right, man. Strength of schedule, not in the favor of Minnesota. And a couple early games there, especially against Georgia Southern, you go, how in the hell is this team going to compete with a real contender? And I believe Penn State, even though they're not on the same level as Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, they're a real contender this year. But this is all about a team who believes. 
right now in Minnesota's locker room, they're not talking about what we're talking about. They're talking about, guys, we have a chance to go to the college football playoffs. This is going to be the biggest game in Minnesota in the history of the program. Yeah. It is tough to go win. Last week, we talked about Kansas, right? The Kansas-Kansas State game. That's going to be nothing like this for a couple reasons. One, the talent, the caliber of the team, way, way down. It's not like they could even stay on the same field as Kansas State. But here in Minnesota, with I see I see a huge atmosphere. I see the, these kids getting up. And, Will, I've seen this game played out before where you get a very, very good team. I, I think on a, on a neutral field, I would take Penn State to blow Minnesota out. It's the fact that Minnesota's hosting this and everything that goes with it that they think they can still make the playoffs. There's going to be so much motiv- motivation coming from Minnesota. This year, they're running the ball for 187 yards a game. Penn State has stopped the football or had stopped the running game this year, but I think that that Minnesota wants to slow this game down. They want to play their own style of football in their own house. Really, what I think it's going to take for Penn State to cover this is to get a few turnovers, get a, get a few of those big momentum shifting plays. Because I guarantee you something: if Minnesota ends the game positive in turnovers, they may win this thing. Yeah. Penn State's going to rely on their defense to, I think, shock Minnesota if they're going to win and cover. I don't think that happens. I think Minnesota keeps it close, eventually loses a close game, but Penn State has to scrap and claw for everything in this one. I will take the uh, Golden Gophers plus seven here. By the way, last 10 years, these teams are five and five against each other. Penn State's only won five of the last uh, 10 meetings. Penn State's 4-5-1 and one against Minnesota against the spread. And the average score the last 10 years, and this does factor in a lot of good Penn State and a lot of horrible Minnesota, 22-19 wow. is the average score last 10 years. I think we see the same thing. I think that Minnesota, again, I'm repeating myself here, but very excited team, a lot of motivation. The stadium goes nuts, and uh, they keep it close. So. Yeah, it's going to be lit up in uh, Minneapolis, uh, TCF Bank Stadium. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a cool environment. And look, P.J. Fleck's been good in big games. When he was at Western Michigan, he had a BCS Bowl, I think, against Wisconsin when he was with the Broncos, and he he won. Uh, So, you know, he's kind of proven himself against, you know, maybe greater competition. I really like him. I think he's a great coach. Uh, But I I just really think this Penn State State team is that much better. And that's a good point. Look, you can't ignore strength of schedule. You can't ignore who teams have played up to this point in the season. But look, I always say this. You, You can only play who's on your schedule. And yes, Minnesota... Got off to a, a bit of a slow start. I think we'd all agree on that. Yeah. Since that rocky start, Minnesota's 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread, wow. and they've outscored their opponents 168-41. to Yeah, that's big. I just think that at home, because here's the thing, they can play football, right? This isn't some scrub team. And P.J. Flex, a very good head coach. We mentioned him getting floated out there earlier. And, and it... You're the one to rag on James Franklin. So you give Fleck and Franklin one extra week. I just don't see seven points here being the case. But, Will, we'll put it on the bet board. Let the game decide. All right. And, Go uh, on the bet board. Tyler's rowing that boat. Row, row, row your boat. Want to bet? What? Would you like to bet on it? It's on the board. Emotionally speaking, I, I will be pulling for Minnesota because I don't like Penn State very much. Well, you but can't now. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, the, my brain is just telling me Penn State. But all right. There let's we go. go. On the bet board. Next so, up. So, folks, that, that's an underhanded way of Will saying, I'm handicapping this with my brain, not my heart. Yes. So therefore, <laughs> yeah, because otherwise I'd say, let's go Gophers. Let's go Golden so Gophers. Is, is that just another way of saying that I didn't handicap it with my brain, Will? No, I think, I think you that? and I just just view this differently. I, I don't think that this is your heart speaking. Okay. Um, what if you're just taking a shot at my good old noggin? No, not at all. You not know, all. you know, in medieval, uh, in ancient times, in like medieval Rome, they used to think that, that your brain was located in your heart. 
And when people would die, they would just like toss the brain out, throw it out because they didn't think it was significant. Interesting. They would like study the heart and see how we thought. Well, anyway, fun. What fact do they of the know day. anyway? They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, next up, uh, biggest game of the weekend here: LSU at Alabama. Number two versus number three, as we just discovered. Yeah, should be one. LS- two. LSU's two, right? And Bama's three. Is that what we discovered? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Bama at home. Bama. You can check where it's at. I'm pretty sure it's still six and a half point favorites for Bama. Is that right, Tyler? Uh, pull it up right that? now. So LS, bo- both teams undefeated. LSU eight zero. Uh, look, I've loved LSU six. six. Okay, just six. There we go. Um, I've loved LSU this year. It's been so much fun to watch them with a real offense. Their defense hasn't been quite as dominant as in the past, but it's still been very good. And now you see you have. I don't have to tell all of you about how great Joe Burrow is and this offense, all the wide receivers they have. But I will say, last week or two weeks ago, excuse me. By the way, both teams coming off a bye here. A lot of a lot of teams coming off bye. Two weeks ago against Auburn, that game concerned me. LSU was only able to score 23 points against the Auburn defense at home. They won that game 23 to 20, and that kind of just worries me when you're talking about Alabama. Uh, one of their starting linebackers who leads the team in sacks, Michael Divinity, he just left the team for personal reasons. Coach O said he is leaving the door open, hopes he comes back and plays. Sounds like he's not going to, though. That could be a big loss for them. Coach O, he's got a great record versus top 10 teams. I think number two in the country versus top 10. All of this, uh, look, this is another heart versus brain thing. My heart wants LSU. But then I look at Bama. All the talk for once has actually been all about LSU this year. (laughs) Bama got jumped by LSU in in the rankings. Uh, Then you look at Bama's offense. Their lowest scoring output this year was 35 points in a game where Tua got hurt with an injury. And then two weeks ago against uh, Arkansas, the backup comes in. They score 45. Look, I think Bama could win this game without Tua. And all the reports are saying Tua is very likely to play. Nick Saban has said he's a game-time decision. I'm sure he won't be fully 100% off this ankle injury, but everyone is saying Tua's going to play. All the public money, I think, will be on LSU here. I think all the fans are going to want to root against Alabama. LSU, here's another interesting one, Tyler. I'm interested to, to hear about your opinion on this. Alabama's, or LSU has already played in some big games this year. This is Alabama's first. Do you see that as being a, a better thing for LSU or Alabama? Because you can look at it as saying... LSU is battle-tested, but also we might not have seen the best Alabama team so far this year. No, I think that's that's definitely a better uh, situation for Alabama! <laughs> Forrest Gump right there Forrest for you, Will. Yeah, look, this one's tough. I, I, I think this, I really hope it's a great game. You got the both teams coming off a bye. I think Coach O will have his team ready. He's one of the best at motivating his guys. They're going to come out extremely motivated. And you look at the—I mean, you look at the recent history. I don't know that it counts so much in this week. Bama's won eight straight, but this just feels like a different LSU team, right? Um, with, with offense, I don't know how much. I'm, obviously, yeah. you don't want to throw out the recent history of Alabama, but with LSU, it just seems different. So I'm a little torn here, but I think I, I think I'm just going to take Bama. Bama at home, I think they cover. Like I said, I think they can win without Tua. I don't want to. Once again, I I want LSU to win this game. My heart does. But I think I'm going to take Bama here, minus six points. Yeah, I mean, look, LSU looks different this year, but this is Alabama. This is not... LSU's going to look different against every other team. Every other great team in college football is going to look good against every other team against Alabama. To me, this is all about Tua Tungavaiola, and if you can... I wish I had a better ranking system for how much Tua is worth, because right now it feels to me 
like the market is shading the line as if he will play, but they're not fully committed. Let me explain myself. I think the line, if Tua announces he's healthy, right? Or let's put it this way. If Tua were healthy and there were no issues, I believe this line would be seven. Okay, I think it's a one-point kind of hedge. I think that they believe he's going to play, but maybe not. So instead of seven, it's six. If he doesn't play, I think this line comes all the way down to three and a half or four. Yeah. So it's a it's a risky game. Do you want to buy the Alabama, because I'm on Alabama too. Do you want to buy Alabama minus six right now and hope that Tua does play? Or do you want to buy Alabama late and risk Tua playing and the line going up and you getting a worse price? So if you can quantify how much two was worth then i mean i would take alabama right now i still think two or not and will i think you're right i think he does play this weekend yeah but even if he doesn't play this backup they have they're gonna plan for this it's not like nick saban is gonna approach this entire week and say okay let's look it's all Tua. if he can't go well it'll be game time decision hey you know the playbook right right they are in in the closed doors in the locker room right now they've all but made their mind up and if Tua is 51% or leaning towards playing, then that's great. If he's 49% or leaning towards not playing, backup's ready. This guy's going to be ready. So, right now, early in the week, I like Alabama, but there's a few factors making me want to wait. A, the Tua injury, like I said. And the other thing is what Will mentioned most of the square money should come in on LSU, and most of the squares bet on game day. So,. I'm really thinking, it, let, let's say hypothetically speaking, this line doesn't move. Okay, Tua plays, this line stays at six. I think by Saturday morning, an hour and a half, two hours before kickoff of this game, the line will be five, five and a half. Right. And now we're getting into uh, the territory of you just need six points to win, so on and so forth. So I would wait regardless and bet Alabama later in the week after you get the Tua injury news and uh, after you see some of that square money coming on LSU. Will, you're right. Great stats this year for the Tigers. They've looked very, very good so far, but I'm not going to bet against Alabama in this historic matchup where they've won eight times in a row. And as I said earlier, I think it's a good thing. They haven't played a tough schedule because they haven't shown what they need to do in their most difficult times, right? That's what a lot of these teams want to save and want to keep in their back pocket. Well, when we face a must-win situation, we're going to put everything out there on the field. I guess this can bleed into the Penn uh, State-Minnesota cap. P.J. Fleck has sat there and watched Penn State play these very good teams and see what they do on third and key situations. That's not out there for teams who haven't had to face that yet. Now, the, the flip side on that game is, well, unfortunately, Minnesota has had to face that with earlier bad teams, so maybe they, they right. did show their hand. But in this LSU-Alabama game, Alabama hasn't had to show anything. They can pull out three, four, five new looks. Not plays, looks. That's going to surprise LSU. So give me a better team, the better history, the much better coaching staff, the, the, the preparation. The, and one little cherry on top, Will. This whole Tua thing, if he does play, is going to be such a positive for Alabama because LSU doesn't know. They're going to have to maybe prep 80-20, 70-30 for right. this backup. they got to prep for both. And, 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 and By definition, if you're not prepping 100% for one quarterback, you're cutting yourself short in the preparation room. So, uh, Will, give me Alabama here, minus six. I would wait to make the play later in the week. All right, run for us, run. Alabama, we're both <laughs> on Alabama there. 
Thanks to uh, show sponsor Top Notch Odds, topnotchodds.com, wonderful new sports book, and they have so many different options for so many different sports. I know on this show alone, throughout the week, we're talking football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, pretty much everything uh, that you can imagine. We're adding, by the way, a uh, Basketball Tuesday every Tuesday now, going to be talking some NBA or college, so on and so forth. And if you're looking for a place to bet on all these different sports, topnotchodds.com. Hundreds of bets for every sport, every game, and uh, lots of great live betting options as well. Uh, check them out online, topnotchodds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE and get to up to a 200% deposit bonus with great rollovers. Some websites, they give you these deposit bonuses, and it takes you a year and a half to play to, to get your money out actually, because it's like a, you know, 20 time rollover, 25 time rollover, 15 time rollover. It's small rollovers with a uh, uh, top notch odds.com. So check them out online. Top notch odds.com promo code sharp edge. Next game up, Iowa state going on the road to Oklahoma once again, both teams coming off a bye. We're seeing a big trend here. A lot of a lot of uh, Week 10 bye weeks here. So Oklahoma, 14-point favorite at home to Iowa State. Iowa State, they're 5-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in conference. Right now, I mean, look, you, statistically, they're a pretty good team. They're right around top 20, right around 25th in the country in scoring. Their defense is above average considering the, the Big 12. They're right around 40th in defensive scoring. And I think they've been an above-average Big 12 team. But they also haven't shown up against the best teams on their schedule. You look at their losses. They lost to Iowa early in the year at home. They lost to Baylor. And then they just lost to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago. Uh, It kind of seems like they live and die by Brock Purdy. They go as Brock Purdy goes. If he turns the ball over, they're not winning the game. If he has a great game, throws a bunch of touchdowns, they tend to do pretty well. Then you look at Oklahoma. Look, their defense really seemed like it it had changed from what we saw in the past years with bad tackling and giving up a ton of points with this new addition of Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator, until two weeks ago against Kansas State. The Wildcats scored 48 points and put up 426 yards and did it both on the ground and through the air. So with the bye week, can Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch fix the problems and come up with a game plan that works against Iowa State? I Look, you give. I think Matt Campbell's a great coach. We kind of both agree he's another one of these hot names. I don't think he's – you don't see him being outcoached very often but Lincoln Riley one of the best in the country you give him an extra week I think the advantage does go to Oklahoma there last three years these games have all been by 10 points or less but I still think Oklahoma gets the bounce back I think they'll be more motivated they need a bounce back when they got to do it and make a statement in order to get back in the good graces of the playoff committee and have a chance at making it I think Oklahoma fixes their problems on defense I think that they can keep Iowa State off the board and I think that Jalen Hurts has a great game Lincoln Riley comes up with a great game plan. Oklahoma scores a ton. Take Oklahoma here, minus 14. You know how sometimes I give out handicaps where I ask the audience, the listeners, it's like, hey, you guys, if you can answer one question, then you can complete my handicap, therefore feel comfortable about making your own play. Well, that fits in here. Oklahoma, it all comes down to motivation. Last week, they lose may have blown their chance to make the playoffs. Jalen Hurts, we don't know what's going on in this kid's mind. He had a chance to tee off against Alabama, go in as an undefeated OU team and have all the revenge in the world. Don't tell me that's not weighing on Jalen Hurts' mind. I think if you can answer the question, everyone listening right now, if you can answer the question, 
Is Oklahoma max motivated? Are they completely motivated for this game? Then I would certainly go with the Sooners. But something's telling me that there's going to be a down locker room. I think Lincoln Riley is going to be, even though he may not well, mope into the locker room, he sees the writing on the wall. He knows how hard it is for a one-loss Big 12 team to get into the playoffs. That was their chance last or two weeks ago against Kansas State, and they blew it. So I wonder, what's the feeling like right now in Oklahoma's locker room? Because I guarantee you one thing. The Iowa State Cyclones used that bye week to bounce back. And, and, and Matt Campbell, they didn't have aspirations of making the playoffs or making the Final Four, so on and so forth. That loss to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago, yeah, it was a knock against what Iowa State's trying to do, but it's no big deal. They still have their sights set on a good bowl game, finishing the season strong. So I think right now on the surface, if I had to guess, I'd say Iowa State comes in with a motivational edge. Therefore, that would lead me off of Oklahoma if... You think the Sooners come in here using that bye week to fix the couple holes they had in that Swiss cheese, de Swiss cheese defense against Kansas State? I think they'll make the necessary adjustments, shut Brock Purdy down, and get the big win. But that's a big if. What's the motivation for Oklahoma? That to me is the overlying umbrella question to this handicap. Answer that, and you'll have your and you'll have your handicap. So you have your side. You take. Uh, are you picking here? Or are you? Well, I mean, I mean, stay away. I know that was kind of wishy-washy. I would lean Oklahoma, but. I, I, I would need to follow their Twitter. And just to give everyone kind of an idea of what does that mean, right? How do you do that, Tyler? What does that look like throughout the week? I would stay really up to date on Oklahoma's Twitter. Get a good vibe. Get a good sense of what's going on. Uh, go to Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know what their official website is, whether it's OUSooners.com or OUFootball.com. Find their website. They generally have interviews. They'll go in the locker room. You can see what players are saying, what coaches are saying. Do a deep dive on Oklahoma football this week and use your own psychology, right? right? Become a sociologist yourself and say, are they motivated? Are they not? If the answer is yes, take Oklahoma. If not, I'm really scared of this game. Okay. No play for you. Uh, Should I just said that no play pass. I, no, <laughs> that, no, that, that, no, you're good. I, I like all the input. Honestly, I think okay. that, I think that's helpful to people listening. However, if they want to win, they should just go with what I say, as <laughs> always. And uh, I like OU here. Um, it's it's funny how we forget <laughs> what happens the first half the season. <laughs> I'm hoping my bet board. I hope I can get to, to two and four with the, that bet board game last week. So, uh, what all we right. got next, Will? Last but not least, Kansas State. Going on the road to Texas. Texas, six and a half point favorites. I wonder, has this line moved? It was six and a half last night. I'm wondering if it's moved at all. Maybe you can check I for me, I will double Tyler. check that for you. Uh, Kansas State, they are six and two, three and two in conference. Uh, they just beat Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. They're one of the more underrated teams in the country. Seven. Seven. Okay, there you go. I like it even more then. I think they're one of the more underrated teams in the country. Chris, Chris Kleiman, the new head coach there, he's done such a great job in transitioning from the legendary coach Bill Snyder. Now he's got this young coach who won a bunch of championships in the second division in college football, the FCS, at uh, North Dakota State. He's done a great job. He's got a good quarterback in Skylar Thompson. He's a dual-threat guy. He can score through the air. He can score running. And it shows. I, I really think that they're a solid team. They're scoring 33 points per game. That's top 40 in the country. And their defense, their defense is so underrated. They're only giving up 20 points per game on average. That ranks 26th in scoring. Then you look at Texas. They're 5-3. and three. Their season is over with. They had high hopes. They're 3-2 and two in conference. They lost uh, They lost to, obviously, LSU early on. And then they got beat by... Uh, uh, oh, oh, shoot. No, I know this, Tyler. Um, they lost to... Uh, they TCU. almost lost to Kansas. Yes, and they lost TCU. Thank you. Uh, their, their hopes that the Big 12 is probably out the window. Obviously, they were hoping to even be a playoff team. That's gone. 
and they've just been giving up a ton of points. You look at uh, at their stats, they rank 97th in the country in opposing points per game. They're giving up 31.5 points per game. Everybody's scoring on them. TCU scored on them. Kansas put up 48 for them, for God's sakes, a couple weeks ago. I don't like Texas here. I think that they – I'm afraid that Tom Herman has lost the locker room. Maybe he should be kissing his players again. I don't know how that works at Texas <laughs> compared to Houston. I This is all about fading Texas, and as much as I like – rooting for the Longhorns to be good again. I like rooting for Tom Herman. I love uh, Sam Ellinger. This is more about Kansas State just frankly has been the better team all year long. Statistically, they're, they're the better team. Their record shows they're the better team. Uh, their competition shows they're the better team. I don't think, uh, you know, Texas lost to Oklahoma. Kansas State beat them. That, you know, that's a common opponent you can look at. And so if you're going to give me Kansas State seven points on the road at Texas where Texas hasn't been very good at home, they, both their uh, they've had two losses at home, and they almost lost to Kansas at home. This is all about fading Texas, and you look at a Kansas State, Kansas State team that is playing their best right now. They're highly motivated. Chris Kleiman is doing a great job there. They have high hopes. They want to get to a, a good bowl game. A good bowl game is a disappointment for Texas. So I'm all over Kansas State here. Give me Kansas State plus seven on the road. Best bet. Yeah, same kind of thing here. I mean, look, you talk about a motivational letdown. Texas, Everything that Texas was planning on accomplishing is now not only uh, a distant memory, but it's not even accomplishable anymore, right? They can't even get to the – they're, they're going to make an average bowl game. They had plans of winning the Big 12, and the, no, that's gone. No New Year's Six Bowl, no Final Four. Their dreams have been completely crushed. And on Kansas' side – or Kansas State side – this is a handicap that I've had a couple times this year where I go, okay, let's cover the logos up and look at the stats and play the Team A, Team B. And Kansas dominates Texas and essentially every... Kansas State, yeah. I keep saying Kansas. Yeah. Kansas State dominates Texas in essentially every category except for passing yards, which they've proven they don't need to just throw the ball up and down to win. They've got a great dual threat quarterback, as Will mentioned. They're running the ball for 199 a game, let's call it 200, holding the ball for almost 35 minutes a game. Well, well, if time of possession is in your favor almost 35, 36 minutes a game, that's a huge advantage. Kansas State holds the ball. I think they go on the road, maybe even beat Texas. I don't think this line is priced correctly at all. I see some value here for yeah. the Kansas State Wildcats. Um, yeah, give me Kansas State on the road. I don't care. I think this all kind of comes down, and you wrap this up, to motivation. Texas has done not, not a whole lot to play for this year, and Kansas State is just rolling. Kansas State wasn't talking about doing much before the season started. Right Now they have a chance to keep this winning going, make a very good bowl game, and I think that they have a chance to go upset Texas on the road. The line is moving towards Texas, though. It opened up at five, I have right. here. Yeah. And, and, and early money coming in on Texas. A little so. scary, maybe. Maybe it's just because yeah. Tom Herman, traditionally very good as an underdog. I wish I didn't hit my Hermie quota in three minutes earlier, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. I know. I, I exercised my you, rights. You're, you're out of that of that <laughs> quote, Tyler, unfortunately. It's about 30 For seconds. For the sake of our listeners. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we're both on Kansas State here. I think we both agree. Texas you know, they're trending down, Kansas State trending up big time. All right, guys, that does it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed that, and good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.